Hello, and welcome to Sip, Sip, Hooray, a podcast dedicated to wine and the incredible people who make it, and of course, the rest of us who like to drink it and enjoy it. Today's podcast features a winemaker whose backstory is unlike any we've heard before. We are excited to get to know her better, and we know you're going to love her and her wines as well. We are two Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. I am Mary Babbitt. And I am the other Mary, Mary Orlin. And today we are going to talk with a woman whose perseverance has really taken her from war-torn Bosnia to one of the most beautiful wine-growing regions in California. I'm talking about Samra Morris, who is the winemaker at Amarosa Winery in the Santa Rita Hills in the Santa Barbara wine country. Um, her journey from bullets to getting educated in Bosnia to coming to the United States and being mentored by some of the most amazing people in the wine industry has um, taken her on this incredible path to wine. And we are so excited to introduce you to Samra Morris. Samra, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. Thank you, Mary, for having me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. That's terrific. So, all right. So you grew up in Bosnia. Let's talk about that because I believe you are the first and only um, Bosnian winemaker here in California. Yes, that is correct. I am the only one. So how did you get here? And how did that happen from, you know, what was first, I guess, we'd like to know what was it like growing up in Bosnia? And how how fortunate do you feel to have survived it and found this new life here in America? Yeah, I think I, I always tell to people when they meet me and everything, I was like, they're like, oh, you're the first Bosnian I ever meet. I was like, I'm the luckiest Bosnian you ever meet also. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, life can be interesting. I always say from, you know, I always go back thinking about my childhood and what happened and being today, as you mentioned, in Santa Rita Hills in a beautiful Santa Barbara County and enjoying your life and making wine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's really incredible. So um, when you were growing up, um, tell us, as I think you were um, a young girl when war broke out in Bosnia, um, tell us what it was like um, growing up in that situation. Because, um, I believe your father was involved in the war um, efforts on the front lines. If you could tell us a little bit about that, too. Yes, totally. Uh, so yeah, war started when I was seven years old. Hmm. Uh, and uh, we started uh, April and I started my first grade in August in a basement and hiding. So I believe like a totally different childhood than anybody else had it. And you live every day with the grenade shooting, running the streets where snipers is shooting every day. Uh, plus living without water, electricity, heat. And yes, my, my dad was part of the army protecting us. So my mom and I would be most of the time by ourselves. Wow. Trying to go through life every day. I'm wondering, based on that experience, you probably had a different perspective on the pandemic that we're experiencing and, you know, and hopefully coming out of now. But uh, in terms of understanding what hardship and sacrifice looks like, you know, I think all of us, the pandemic took all of us by surprise. And many of us have had to kind of look inward and say, gee, this is, 
uh, my plans are changed. I'm not living the life I w- would have been normally living. Yeah. And that's kind of how you grew up, right? You, you understood hardship from the get-go. Yeah, totally. You're a kid and one day you're playing with your toys, enjoying life. And the other day your life is like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what's happening. But yeah, I believe uh, that experience uh, teach me to look at life completely different uh, and to appreciate every day. And I always say, people always tell me like, do you age your wine? I was like, never. I never know when I can die. <laughs> That is fascinating. <laughs> that like, I is... don't know what it can happen. I saw a lot of things as a kid. So it's like, you never know. Why wait? That is a totally different perspective on whether or not to age mm-hmm. your wine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, so obviously the war eventually did end. And then how did you decide that you were going to study? I, I was reading that you you studied fermentation sciences and um, you went into beer making first. Yes. So yeah, after finishing high school, I was just like a little bit lost teenager, didn't know what I want. And my parents suggested this college to study and I liked it. So it was food sciences and uh, yeah, with my bachelor's, I was interested in brewing and uh, yeah, I did an internship at the end of the bachelor's in a brewery in Sarajevo and uh, I just didn't like the smell anymore. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it just didn't like smell the beer anymore. And then I was like, okay, this is not for me. And then which my masters, I got more involved with the winemaking, start more being, uh, teaching, learning from our professor of phenology and start to be fascinated with the wine, like with the chemistry, with the aging, with everything that comes with it. And, uh, I knew it at that moment. Okay, this is what I want to be. And That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. So, so I think for um, a lot of people who um, probably are surprised to know that you actually studied and learned how to make wine in Bosnia, I don't think they put a connection between Bosnia and wine. But there is a wine history in the country, isn't there? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, oh, you're from Bosnia? You guys make wine? And I always joke, yes, only 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a hint of experience. Just, I, I always joke, uh, uh, go on a joke side. But yes, uh, we have our own varietals. And uh, we have Zilavka, which is our white wine varietal. And Blatina is our red wine. And the south, southern part of our country is the wine-growing region. And uh, we've been having tradition of winemaking Interesting. So you came to the U.S. in, I want to say, is it 2013 with your husband? Tell yes. us how that came about and, and where you ended up. So, yeah, my, my husband uh, is the Air Force military and he's Californian. And uh, we dated when I was back at home. He was stationed in Sarajevo while my studies. And uh, when I finished studies, we decided to get married. And we he was stationed, luckily for me, in uh, Travis Air Force Base, which is 30 minutes away from Napa. So I I felt like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe I'm going to the right spot to learn about winemaking. That is really lucky because you had been studying. (laughs) You went from beer to wine and and then to end up in a wine growing region here in the U.S. just based on your husband's military transfer is incredible. Yes, he could be transferred anywhere and just happens to be in Travis Air Force Base. So I was like, wow, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you, you've had many 
instances of luck throughout your career then? I do. Some, some, somebody's taking care of me <laughs> very well. So, so um, once you um, come to California, Northern California, how did you get into the wine industry and where did you start out? How did you start? So, yeah, I didn't know like how to start. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start in the tasting rooms just to see, just to learn more and to see how region works. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. So actually, general manager of Almarosa Winery, Deborah Eagle, is the one who gave me first job in the States. I worked for the Heston tasting room. And uh, while working in Heston, I met Thomas Rivers Brown. And that's how everything with the winemaking starts for me. I did uh, three harvests with him. And that's where my old winemaking, I think, influence come. Well, Thomas Rivers Brown is one of the most well-regarded winemakers and consultants in Napa Valley and wine country. So that must have been an incredible education for you working with him. What was that like? Oh, yeah, it was super fun. I mean, uh, working with all the brands that he made and uh, all the different cabs that I had opportunity to taste uh, and learn so much uh, about everything in the cellar, what's going on. It, I was pretty impressionate and I just wanted to learn everything. Yeah, a big sponge. I'm curious, <laughs> yes. before we go on about the winemaking experience that you went on to have, um, I'm curious what you learned about the American wine consumer when you were working in the tasting room like so here you are new mm -hmm. to the states and like working in a tasting room what is, <laughs> what kind of things did you learn about what people want or or what the business was going to be like in the U.S. yeah I think actually like that give me like today as the winemaker I'm very thankful that I did a tasting room because it gives me different perspective and how to approach to our customers mm -hmm. so yeah I, I, I loved working in a tasting room it was fun meeting people all over the states and seeing how people from different states are like little countries so different. True. So yeah, yeah, it was always fun. I learned people from New York are always fast and they do things fast <laughs> comparing to California. They're a little bit more laid back and want to take their time. So yeah, I, I had always fun and people were always amazing and nice. And Samra, how does that compare to the wine culture in Bosnia? Do, um, do wineries there also have tasting rooms that are open to the public? So, yeah, I was just like, when I was still studying, like everything else in Bosnia after war, it took a time to build up. And I think at the moment when I was still back at home, we didn't have, we had old wineries, people trying to rebuild. But now that I'm following uh, wineries back at home, they're starting catching up with the states and I'm very excited about it you can see they're opening tasting rooms they're more approachable to audience so that makes me very happy that my country is going in a good direction as well yeah it's smart people it's it's more than a beverage it's kind of a lifestyle and people it's a it's a unique product in that people want to know more about how it's made and where it comes from and the terroir and everything about it so nice that um you know, that Bosnia is getting behind that notion of having these tasting rooms. Um, when you, after you left Heston, you went on to St. Supery and uh, was that also with um, Rivers Brown? No, that was a bit the culture uh, internship. I did them in a vineyard with St. Supery Winery. Okay. And then 
after that, I started Harvest 2014 with Thomas Rivers Brown. Okay. And then you also went on and worked at Michael Mondavi Family Wines and Free Flow Wines. I mean, you've done it all from lab work to viticulture to uh, winemaking. Yeah, totally. And uh, wine in a cans as well as Free Flow. So, yeah. Oh. It was uh, all of them are different experiences, and I learned uh, so much, and it was exciting everywhere I went. Something so new. Tell us what the difference is in making wine that goes into a bottle versus wine that's going to be canned. Uh, yeah, well, before I start canning, I was always like seeing how bottling is such a hard experience for all of us in wine industry. And once I did the canning, I was like, oh, bottling is super easy. <laughs> Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate cans much more to learn how uh, amazing product is and how much the lid and a can, how they have to be perfectly sealed. Mm -hmm. And the uh, different sulfur levels, different acid has to be in a can. So it, it's been fun experience to learn. And I believe right, right before when I left, they start uh, testing uh, cans just specifically made for wine. Okay. So but that's, you know, you, you would think that, you know, canning wine would be so much easier. Well, so based I'm, on a I'm, beer model, I'm, it would seem that it is because breweries do yeah. it all the time. But and, and certainly the canned wine industry has taken off in the U.S. I'm not sure it, it's where everybody wants it to be yet. Like, I don't know that you'd find your fine bottle in a can yet, but I think we're getting better at it. Yeah, totally. I believe so. Uh, quality is um, getting better and better. And uh, I think uh, the good thing about cans, you can take it anywhere. True. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's fun. You can put it in the fridge and just take it to the beach. Right, <laughs> right. So just jumping a little bit ahead, I mean, do you foresee canned wines in the future at Alma Rosa? Uh, at this point, uh, we're mostly focused on our, uh, we're very small production. Mm -hmm. And we're mostly focused on our uh, high-end Pinots and Chardonnays, which production is 250 to 400 cases. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, maybe once when we start growing more and more, we see ourselves doing cans, uh, but we will see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so yeah, that brings us to Almarosa, where you are the winemaker now. And Almarosa, is that pink soul? Is that the, the definition of Almarosa? Almar so we are in a Santa Rosa road. Yes. Where, where are, so Alma, we are the soul of Santa Rosa. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So you, the winery was founded by, uh, gosh, a, a California wine pioneer, uh, Richard Sanford and his wife. Um, and, and so you guys, you step into a renowned uh, winery and um, it's both exciting and I imagine maybe a, a little scary. It's such a, a well-known uh, name and with high expectations on what they produce. How is that for you being the winemaker there? Yeah, I think as you say, it's, it, it is a little bit scary because it's a lot that I have to take on me now mm -hmm. after Richard Sanford and uh, but on the other side, it's exciting to build a story for myself and uh, seeing Richard being so supportive of me. That's great. You know, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Richard several times and um, even having a picnic lunch with him at the El Habali Vineyard, which is the Almarosa State Vineyard. Um, he is 
I was telling Mary Babbitt, the nicest person in the entire wine industry. He is just such a gentleman and so gracious and yet so knowledgeable and so humble. Yeah, I totally agree with it. I love talking to Richard. It's always fun. He's actually coming today to taste my uh, barrel samples, 20 vintage. So oh, it's always nice. exciting for to talk to him. And oh, he, please tell. Go ahead. Please, sorry. please. Oh, sorry. Please tell him Mary Orland says hello. I will definitely. So, um, Richard sold the winery to Bob and Barb Zorick, and they're continuing on with his traditions and really focused on the terroir of the Santa Rita Hills. Can you tell us what's so special about that wine growing region? Like what, what's the magic yeah, there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's people. <laughs> yeah. People. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's definitely a very unique region. And what makes us so special is the mountains that shifts, uh, Instead of going uh, south to north, they shifts and going east to west. So we have this beautiful breeze that comes from the Pacific Ocean and cool our and give us this beautiful cool, cool climate and a morning fog that is perfectly grown for uh, pinots and chardonnays and also Rhone varietals. And it is also our soils that uh, we had uh, millions and millions years of marine layers in our soils that gives. Uh, that specific minerality and saltiness. Mm -hmm. mm, and I think it's that saltiness that is really a hallmark of the Santa Rita Hills. I, I, I totally agree. I, I love it. It makes our wines just so amazing. For sure. So you, um, you alluded to this a little bit, but I'm really interested. So how do you, what, what is the mark you want to put on Alma Rosa your own mark and how do you go about doing that uh, I believe uh, by uh, making uh, wines that are vineyard driven I fall in love with each vineyards I work with and I figure out how unique they are and how special they are so I'm trying to always to whatever I go and see in a vineyard and taste in the grapes to put in a bottle and I hope that's what I want to represent to our customers so for is oh, go ahead is, is the uniqueness of each vineyard. Yes. And I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt you there, but I was going to say to our listeners who uh, don't know Almarosa Winery, perhaps you guys are focused on Pinot Noir primarily and Chardonnay, uh, mm -hmm. some Syrah and, and Grenache. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, we harvested our first Syrah and Grenache from our own estate, El Habli, in 2019. And... And Samra, um, so the 2019 vintage, your first vintage, you just released that. Um, what's that like for you? Oh, yeah, it is the most exciting uh, moment probably in my life. I think bottling was when I put, once when you make the wine in the cellar, you have harvest and, you know, you're doing it, you're so busy during harvest, long hours, you don't realizing what's happening because mm -hmm. <laughs> you just want to, you know, do the harvest. There's so much going on. But once when I put my wine in the bottles was probably the most exciting moment. It's like, oh, okay, this is my wine. People is going to drink my wine. It's so cool. It's sort of like the author who gets the copy of their book bound, you know, as it goes to press, you get the, you know, and that feeling of like, oh, this is me inside the covers of this book, or in your case, inside this bottle is my heart exactly. and soul. Exactly. Your hard work, your passion for the wine and uh, it's it's exciting to share with the people. 
Sure. But um, and Alma Rosa also makes a number of white wines, which um, I was able to taste earlier this year. Can you tell us about those different varieties? Yes, totally. So uh, we make from our estate Chardonnay, our estate Chardonnay and our Santa Rita Hills Chardonnay. And we also uh, make Pinot Blanc and Pinot Gris from our uh, from the Lancantada vineyard. Yeah, those are beautiful wines I rem- from um, what I remember of tasting them. They're just so crisp and bright mm-hmm. and, you know, have this beautiful zestiness, but again, have that minerality and that saltiness. Yes, totally. Can you talk to us also about the, I know you guys are, uh, sustainable farming is important to you at Almarosa. Tell me about what that means for you and uh, I guess the extra layers, does it add extra layers of work trying to be environmentally careful and sustainable? Of course, totally. It's more, you're more detail oriented. You're watching what will you use in the vineyard. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I always say how much passion and hard work you put in cellar. I always believe the most important part happens in a vineyard and it is health of mm-hmm. our wines, being nice to our soils. Uh, while uh, thinking what's going to happen with the climate changes and learning. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely. Almarosa was the first, had the first certified organic vineyard in the El Habali vineyard, yes? In Santa Barbara County, that yes, is. Yes, that is correct. Uh, yeah, Richard. Richard. Uh, he was out in front of that whole thing early. Yes, totally. And he's a true believer uh, in organic, sustainable. And uh, we all at Almarosa are trying to, to, to follow that steps and uh, just try our best uh, to grave uh, healthy grapes and take care of our uh, environment and see what future brings to us. That's great. So um, tell us what it's been like during the pandemic for all of you at Alma Rosa, um, how it impacted winemaking. Certainly, I'm sure it impacted sale, how you sell, sold the wine and um, not being able to have visitors at your tasting room. Yeah, I totally, I think it more it affected sales side than it actually affected my seller side. Actually, for me, it was like good escape to go in a cellar and forget what's going on outside and you're just taking care of your wines. So yeah, I went to work sure. every day. Uh, enjoying a seller work but yeah definitely affected uh, our sales uh, different approach to the try try to go out to market and sell your wines and try to survive so yeah it was a lot of challenges but i believe now that everything's going back to normal that uh, we made it and we're looking forward to the future and as you look at the, we're in California, we are experiencing a drought year. How does that impact you guys? Does that worry you that it's, we're already, you know, we're in May, but we've already had some really hot days. As a winemaker, are you guys looking at the sky and worried at all? Or is it just, you know, uh, another year, another challenge? <laughs> I believe both. It's like, yes, we're in drought. And of course, I believe mostly to our uh, viticulturist, Mike Anderson gives a lot of pain. <laughs> to him than to us but uh, yeah it's another year another challenge Uh, we love california we make amazing wines in whole california but there's a lot of challenges that we have to deal with uh, as being with the culturists and winemakers here so yeah we just have to go and approach with it and try to do our best so the folks you learned winemaking from in bosnia are they aware of what you're doing in california 
Yes, totally. I uh, spoke with my professors at university and uh, it's very exciting for them to know what what I achieved here in California. It's very, it's a big deal. <laughs> like at and home. What about, sure. And what about your family? Is any of your family here in the States or are they all in Bosnia? All of my family is back at home, some in Bosnia, some in Germany. Yeah, so they are very proud of me and uh, all of my achievements I made in California and uh, I, I hope they come soon to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> and is your husband still in the military? Is that, are you still, there's no threat of getting transferred to a different base? No. So my husband just retired in uh, February from military. So no transfers. Okay. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a lucky thing. Yes. <laughs> But that even that world though is a very to um, to know the military community. Um, that's a really tight knit community, and so I'm sure coming to the United States that probably helped being part of that community. And now you're in a different sort of community, the wine community. Do you find it? Um, we often hear from people that the wine world is small when when you're in it, and that people help each other out. Have you felt that in, as you have come up? through the uh, California wine industry that people have been there to help you? I know you mentioned, um, was it Thomas Rivers Brown and uh, Deborah Eagle, uh, but uh, you know, that, that community feeling, have you felt that? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, it's always uh, helpful. And uh, when people see how hard you work and how passion you have, people are willing to help you. And uh, I also work with uh, Tony Biagi, which is my consulting winemaker. And uh, it's so much uh, fun and so much support I get from him being young winemaker that uh, helps me a lot. Sure. And, and Tony is an, another um, name that's very well known in winemaking circles and has consulted on and made some beautiful wines. And um, Venice Publications just named him Winemaker of the Year. Yes. So, um, so you, um, you, um, you hang out with some pretty um, interesting, talented winemakers. <laughs> I know I do. As, yeah, I'm just so grateful to have opportunity to learn uh, from one of the best in winemaking. What, do, what have you learned from them and t from Tony specifically? From Tony, um, well, he's always there for me. Like uh, being a young winemaker, you always have challenges. It's a lot of pressure sometimes on you. It can be a lot, but he's there for me to always help me make myself stronger. And mm -hmm. I learned, I think uh, I learned a lot in a winemaking from him. And, you know, just walking to the vineyards, going in a cellar. You, I feel like it's always, every day you're learning something in a wine industry. You never stop learning. And from him, having so much, so many years of so much experience and uh, knowledge, he's like a knowledge book. So it's amazing to have opportunity to learn everything from him. And what kind of stuff are you guys doing right now in the vineyards? Uh, it is spring. So what's happening for you in your work world? So yeah, we're just waiting uh, for our grapes to start flowering. So going through vineyards, taking walks, it's beautiful. We have a uh, those yellow, I'm not sure is they're calling, uh, what's the name of the plants, but they're all yellow around. Oh, mustard. Hills. Mustard, yeah. So. <laughs> We have them everywhere. So just enjoying this quiet, I would say, for me, time in a vineyard. And mm -hmm. uh, in a cellar, we are start, we, we just finished some blends and preparing, slowly preparing for bottlings and harvest. Great. And um, you said you're going to be barrel tasting some things with Richard today. Um, what, what are you, and what are you doing that for? 
Uh, he's just coming uh, for fun to taste my wines. It was uh, COVID and he wasn't able to come. So now that we both are vaccinated, he's coming uh, to see what I did in 2020 and just chat and nice. I love that he's I love that he still wants to be involved and know what's going on. (laughs) And I am so glad that you're both vaccinated and that you can start to relax a little bit. Hey, you know what I think I wanted to ask you about? I noticed on your website that um, Alma Rosa has made a a philanthropic commitment to mental health issues uh, from like awareness to mental health treatments. You guys have donated proceeds to the issues. I think there was even a, a peace of mind walk organized by you guys. Tell me how Almarosa selected mental health as a philanthropic focus. Yes, totally. So uh, our owners, uh, Bob and Barb Zorich, are very committed to the uh, concerns uh, in an, today's society about anxiety and depression that is happening. And uh, they wanted to start this fundraise uh, in 2020. And it's supposed to be, uh, it's a peace of mind, 10,000 steps in the right direction that's supposed to happen in a vineyard. And we will walk and uh, raise money for uh, two different organizations. And it is Mental Mental Wellness Center and One Mind. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we weren't able to do the vineyard walk, but we did virtual event last year for the first time in September. And we our goal was $100,000 when we raised 144000 Wow, that's fantastic! It is. We are very. We were very pleased, and uh, this year it's today. This month, this is the month of uh, mental health awareness, and we're doing a ten percent uh, of sales from our wines uh, to the to this cause as well. That's wonderful. Good for you guys. Thank you. And in July twenty fourth, uh, we're gonna be able to do the walk in a vineyard and start a new. Um, oh, the, the actual peace of mind walk will happen with, yes. uh, with people. Yay. Yes. yes. So you can have two options. You can do virtually and you can come join us and walk with us. That's cool that you can do it virtually because people might want to participate, but maybe they can't travel. They live on exactly. the other side of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Neat. Yes. So, and you uh, can start a fundraiser with your friends and it can be comp- low competition, healthy competitions, like who can raise more. So it's fun. Yeah, that's great. So. Um, for um, folks who are listening who have not been to your tasting room yet, can mm-hmm. you tell us about it? Because um, it's, it's, it's a really unique tasting room, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, totally. So our tasting room is in Bilton, right next to Industrial Eats. And yeah, I, when I saw it, I, I was just, oh my God, this is gorgeous. It's beautiful uh, tasting room, and uh, we offer uh, tastings in our tasting room. And also we have our ranch where we do private tastings. So there's two options. Whoever wants to come and join us are more than welcome. Oh, that's nice. Um, so one one major feature of your tasting room is that beautiful tree. Um, remind me what type of tree that is. Is it an olive tree? Yes, we have olive tree in our tasting room. Yeah, right, right. in the middle of the tasting <laughs> yes. room. <laughs> yes, yes, it's pretty impressive. And I, um, our tasting room staff has name, named them, but I forgot what was the name, but it was funny. <laughs> they were talking about something. I was like, what are you talking about? Olive tree. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So for yeah. people not from the area, um, Buellton is right off Highway 101, and you're you're not far from Solvang, which that is a cute little touristy Danish town in the middle of the uh the mountains there. So um, if you were going up the coast from Santa Barbara towards San Francisco, Buellton um, is about an hour out of Santa Barbara. 
And that's where the tasting room is. And Samra, since, um, so the tasting room Samra mentioned is next to something called Industrial Eats, which is an awesome restaurant, you know, very casual sandwiches, salads, pizzas. So Samra, I have to ask you, do you have any favorites at Industrial Eats? Totally. It says Curse Steak Pizza. I love that. Yum. Yum. That yeah. sounds really you good. You must try that. It's amazing. Nice. So as you just, you've, you're bottled your your first vintage for Alma Rosa, what are the things you're looking forward to as you look ahead at Alma Rosa? Um, do you have any goals that you've set for yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think uh, with the first vintage coming out, just uh, introduce myself to people and try to build a relationship with our customers and uh, represent uh, my idea of what I'm trying to achieve with our wines and uh, uh, have them enjoy it and uh, looking forward to our future because uh, we're growing so that is very exciting and it's always something new and uh, for me this challenge this year is making sparkling for the first time so I'm looking forward to it I think that's another achievement nice. oh that's fun for me yeah that's a big endeavor taking on sparkling that's exciting and and it's more it's a lot of work as we know from previous wine stories we've done it, it requires a lot of um not babysitting but it, it's a needier <laughs> it's, it's it not is. just you know what i mean yeah it is completely different than uh, having wines in barrels and taking care of them so it's exciting to learn that side of uh, winemaking and yes absolutely and, and speaking of growing you guys are building a new winery that is correct. We are building our winery in our estate. Uh, we have over 600 acres of uh, property and 38 acres is planted mostly with Chardonnay uh, and Pinot Noir and uh, also Syrah and Grenache. And we are planning to build a winery there. So I hope within a few years we our production will be together with the vineyard. Oh, I bet it's going to be spectacular. That's a that's a big project, but um, how cool will that be to have it right there at the estate vineyard? Yes, so I get to enjoy vineyard too. Now when it's a little bit too far, it's like, oh, I don't get to enjoy every day this beauty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um, looking forward to fall and um, the um, coming vintage, what are you hoping for? Uh, I just hope... Uh, when I release my uh, white wines and rosés, uh, I'm very pleased that uh, I got uh, from the journalists and critics and uh, our customers very positive thoughts. So I'm looking forward to everybody tasting my pinots and uh, see how they are going to feel about those. And I hope I will get the same reaction as I got for my whites. <laughs> <laughs> I have little doubt you have uh, a, a ton of great experience and, and a, a, a wonderful host of wine biggies behind you believing in you so they 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 can't all be wrong there's <laughs> we <Yeah>. know that <laughs> yes it's gonna be good stuff no doubt yeah yeah and, you know Samra, I think you, you've set a really great example for, um, you know, you've um, stayed in touch with Deborah Eagle all this time. Um, and she, you know, really helped bring you along. And I think the importance of maintaining relationships, even from early in your career, um, can really help further you along and end up somewhere where you may not have ever even imagined. 
No, totally. Yeah, it is amazing. I worked with Deborah. She always wanted me to be in sales, <laughs> but I decided <laughs> to go production. But yeah, she always followed me, supported me, and uh, I always stay in touch with her, telling her what's happening with me. And uh, she brought me here, and uh, it's it's amazing that she gave me this opportunity. And the fact that you are Bosnian, has that, do you think that's helped you, hurt you, or been a neutral? Like, do you feel like that you had a bigger learning curve not being born in the U.S., or has it been pretty fluid? I know you uh, you studied in your home country, but um, do you feel like the Bosnian piece of you has mm, in, added to what you're doing, or has it been this kind of learning curve for you? Well, I would say both. Like, I think the hardest thing was a uh, was challenge at the beginning was language. Mm-hmm. Like being in sellers, sometimes not understanding uh, what they're saying or, you know, it's like, oh, and I go home, I translate it. It's like, oh, I know what they meant with this. So I would say uh, language, but everybody was always super nice and helpful with whoever I work with and understanding. And sometimes when I don't pronounce words right, we always would laugh <laughs> and it will always make fun of it. So, yeah, I think... Uh, it was learning. I needed to learn. It's a different style of living, different uh, everything. And then uh, the other side is like being Bosnian, only Bosnian. It's kind of also positive thing to to achieve this. Yeah, absolutely. And and you should congratulations because your English is fantastic. And that can't be an easy thing to to take on a whole new language. I'm, I'm guessing you probably are learning some Spanish along the way too. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm trying my best. Yeah, it's 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 always fun to learn different languages. So yeah, I'm trying to learn some Spanish. I can understand mostly, but it's hard to speak. <laughs> yes, yes, I hear you. See, I agree. <laughs> but a lot of the vineyard workers and um, some of the experts in vineyard management are are native Spanish speakers. So um, I could see where it would be handy to have it. Yeah, totally. I am trying my best to learn as much as I can. (laughs) Well, you have had such an incredible journey in wine and in your life. And it's just so exciting to see you um, having your debut vintage with Alma Rosa. And it seems that you have found the spot that really suits you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy. And that it ended up this way to me and being part of Alma Rosa. It's very exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future of Almarosa and Santa Rita Hills. Uh, I think winery and region is amazing, very special, so I hope more and more people will find out about us. Absolutely. Hey, when you're not working, what do you like to do? What are your other interests besides wine? I go to beach. (laughs) Yeah, you're (laughs) (laughs) good for you. I don't get there enough, but I sure love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go hiking, go to beach. Uh, there's so many beautiful spots in Santa Barbara County that you can do that uh, I feel like I did so much and I still didn't do any half of it, how much oh, I have to. It is spectacularly beautiful there. I mean, it is truly one of the most incredible places in the world. So you are lucky indeed. But, yes. Um, 
we are so pleased to have this chance to get to know you better. And uh, thank you for taking the time with us. Congratulations on your your uh, your first vintage with Almarosa. We're really excited to not only uh, try that, but to see what else comes along the way from you. And I know all good things are headed your way. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. Right. And so we, we hope everybody who's listening will um, seek out your wines and visit when they get the opportunity. And, um, you know, it's just been a, a delight getting to know you and um, your perseverance and your attitude are just just incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> the winery is Almarosa Winery and you can find it at almarosa.com. Well, Samra, thank you again. We really appreciate it. And cheers to you. Continued success and sip, sip, hooray. Yes. Cheers, ladies. Cheers to you. <laughs> cheers. Thank you. Well, Mary Babbitt, Samra is such an inspirational person. I mean, I'm so touched by her story, um, her perseverance to grow up the way she did and to keep pursuing life and not giving up and you know it couldn't have been easy coming to this country even though she had a partner to do it with but to um, make her way in the wine world um, just incredible how she has managed to go through all this and she has such a great attitude and such a joyous outlook on life absolutely uh, Samra Morris is definitely a, a name you will continue to hear as a renowned winemaker and uh, the the winemaker now at Almarosa Winery. So we were just super duper happy to get to know her better. Very, very easygoing person and just a hard worker, you can tell. And I love the fact that she has um, been able to lean on people who are helping her like Tony Biaggi, you know, and, and she trusts the, it trusts in other people and their expertise. And, you know, that whole idea of everyone kind of lending a hand. I love that. I do too. And that's what's so great about the wine industry. It, people, people are, you know, so willing to share what they know. Yeah. And that collaborative spirit is really cool. Well, we are so happy that you've shared your time listening to our podcast and listening to Samra's story. Um, if you want more information, head to our website, um, sipsipharaypodcast.com, and there you can um, see all the different platforms that we are available on, and we hope you will subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you listen to. Right. And definitely share it with your friends. If you like what you hear, please let other people know about it too. That helps us. And we also love hearing from you. You can follow us on social media. We are Sip Sip Hooray podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Sip Sip Hooray one on Twitter. Yes. So we hope you join us for our next exciting episode and to listen to other episodes we've done recently. They're all on our website. So um, Mary Babbitt, it's been another great episode getting to know somebody just really fantastic that's what our show is all about introducing you to the coolest most interesting fun people in the wine industry absolutely so come back for more peaks behind the label like the label of almarosa and congratulations again to samra morris on her first vintage with them uh, mary orlin cheers to you girl sip sip hooray cheers to you mary babbitt sip sip hooray right back at you <laughs> cheers